Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this Kairos moment. A moment we were never promised. A moment pregnant with possibilities. Time keeps moving. But right now, God, we want to pause just to say thank you. You've been good. You brought us from a mighty long ways. And so right now we just say thank you. Guard us up for this next little, little while that we might hear a word from you. We stand ready to hear. Now will God use me in a mighty way. Not that Daryl might get any accolades or pats on the back. But that the Father might be glorified. Allow the Holy Spirit to move from pew to pew, from hand to hand, and from heart to heart. Somebody needs to hear from you. Now open our hearts our eyes, our ears, and our mouths that we might ask and receive right now. You are the potter. We are the clay. Now make us and mold us into what you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen, amen, and amen. Won't you put your hands together for God one more time, one more time. Well, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Uh, here we are once more and again on this Wednesday night. Uh, and I do want to say from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate your pastor, my friend, the Reverend Dr. Haynes. Won't you please put your hands together? Dr. Richard Haynes. I appreciate the presence of him. This week, I've gotten to spend a little more time with them, and therefore, I, I appreciate the mind of this visionary. But most of all,
appreciate that he's just a lump of clay. That God keeps shaping and molding and leading this people. He doesn't say it, but I know it wasn't easy. It hadn't been easy. But he's all the better for it. Thank you, Dr. Haynes, for sharing with me this time. God bless you. God bless you. Sister Haynes, I don't know where she is. Where, there she is. God bless you. She got on her pink and green tonight. Yeah, buddy. Amen. Oh, and she, there's another one right over here. I know. See, there we go. We got pinkies all over the place in here. That's, that's all right. That's all right. God bless you. It's so good to see you again. Amen. Amen. That's, that's Ebenezer, y'all. That's Ebenezer. I know she's, she's over here now. She's in Lilburn. Been here for a minute or three. But she's Ebenezer to the bone. Amen. 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 And I believe behind this mask right here is, uh, is Reverend Hutchins, Bishop Hutchins. Is that correct? God bless you, Doc. Please give him a round of applause. Amen. Uh, my cousins and I, we would, we would sneak out of Monroe on Sunday sometimes after my oldest cousin got his driver's license. And we would drive over to the 8 o'clock service at Timothy Baptist Church over on Timothy Road. God bless you, Doc. So good to see you. I appreciate you and your ministry. Amen. Amen. Um, my wife has not been able to be here all week, but she is here now. And B, would you please stand up, Brenda? Brenda Bloodsaw. She's right there. She's right there. That's amen. Amen. Uh, it's the first night she's been able to be here, but I'm so thankful to God for her. Um, uh, 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 when, when I'm there and she's not, it's because she's afforded me the opportunity to be here. We got kids at home. Amen. And they cheering, playing basketball, DJ's breaking fingers. I'm not really sure what's happening, what's going on, but, um, uh, I am indebted, uh, forever to, uh, my best friend. Brenda Bloodsaw, amen, amen. Uh, uh, and uh, I got my mama right here. I want to point her out every night because she's, 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 she's the one you got to watch out for. Just in case you don't like what I say, be careful right there in the gold jacket. I told her last night she just had, she was mixing in. I was like, mama, if you're going to be like you be, you know, you need to let the folk know who you are. Amen, amen, amen. She'll cut you. She'll cut you about her son. Amen, 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 amen. And my son... <laughs> My, sis, my elder sister, Penny, and uh, my junior sister, uh, uh, Regina, uh, God bless you. Thank you all for being here. Uh, Reverend Jordan and Deacon Jordan are here. God bless you. And I think that's Nene in the back uh, from Ebenezer. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, and Salem. Thank you for the heart that you have extended to me uh, uh, these past two nights and for receiving me on this night. Uh, surely, surely, this is a place where God lives. Amen. Amen. Those who have your Bibles, um, uh, if you don't mind, please open uh, to the gospel according to Matthew. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 14, uh, beginning at verse 22. When you have it, won't you please signify by standing to your feet, those who can, those who can. Uh, we don't want you to do what you cannot do. We want you to do what you can do. Uh, so when you have it, won't you signify by saying, uh, by standing, by standing. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22, and it reads as thus. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had, had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying truly you are the son of god thus ended the reading of god's holy word you may be seated in the presence of the lord and immediately jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him oh you of little faith why did you doubt? I want to tag this text tonight. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. The last two nights, Monday and Tuesday, we talked about how John put forth his case uh, to, to solidify Jesus as the fully human and fully divine Son of God. And when he had successfully presented his case, we could all hear him say, the defense rests. Critical to winning any case is the presentation of evidence. Because it is the evidence that establishes the facts of the case. There are basically four types of evidence by which the facts can be proven or disproven during a legal trial. These four types of evidence are, number one, real evidence. Uh, that's that evidence that, 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 that is physical. It is objects or things that the jury can hold in their hand and inspect. Then you've got demonstrative evidence, uh, which is represented by charts and grams uh, and diagrams uh, that the attorneys may use to show and support the case. Then you have documentary evidence and that is when they produce documents uh, to prove or to disprove certain allegations that were made during the case. And then number four, you've got testimonial evidence. 
which is a witness who testifies, who relates something that they saw or they heard, giving testimony under oath about the facts of the case. That's evidence in a legal case. And just an aside, if you ever find yourself in a legal courtroom, you might want to use one of them or all four of them. Uh, That's in your best interest. But legal cases are increasingly opportunities to obfuscate, to cloud, to hide the truth at the highest levels of the courts, even the Supreme Court, even a former president stealing evidence owned by the people of the United States, hiding them in the basement of his house and still half of America's so-called law and order bigots would rather destroy democracy than to hold him accountable. They still want to lock up Hillary for some emails that probably don't exist but Donald Trump still has documents in his, in his possession he knew was illegal to take. That's not material. Evidence that defies legal customs. And if we are to believe John's case, If we are to stand uncompromisingly and unapologetically on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, the evidence not seen must be found in your faith. See, I've come on this Wednesday night to talk about the kind of evidence eyes have not seen and ears have not heard nor has entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him I've come tonight to tell somebody that your faith may be measured but your faith must be the evidence of things not seen Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I know your Bible may be big and your, and your scripture quoting may be prolific, but you can't talk people into believing you've got faith. Your faith shows up when your fear tries to take over. Yes, faith reminds all of us that there is a little Missouri in all of us. You see, when somebody says they got faith, you got to show me, baby. Faith must be demonstrated. Faith isn't something you have. Faith is what you show. And as we push off from the shore tonight down the river of faith, I want to remind somebody that faith is the evidence of things not seen. So in laying the foundation for our message tonight, I want to point out that uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 provides for us a definition of faith. And in this definition, it is important for us to realize that there is no conjunction present. 
no and present even though we oftentimes put one there you see the bible says the greek says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen see what and does as a conjunction is that it it connects two different things in order to make them a whole as if they were dependent upon one another. There's no easy answer to faith. There's nothing simple about faith. You see, the, that comma means that while what's before the comma may be related to what's after the comma, they are indeed opposite sides of the same coin. One deals with substance and hope and the other deals with evidence and trust. It's like the value of a quarter. Watch this. You see, it's, its value is not dependent on whether it lands on heads or tails. No matter which one it lands on, it's worth 25 cents. Likewise, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but faith is also the evidence of things not seen. And I know there's somebody at Salem tonight who knows that it's hard to show evidence if it can't be seen. Trust must be the foundation. It's the key ingredient of your faith. Can you imagine how foolish Noah must have looked to his neighbors while he trusted God? Can you imagine the things they must have been saying about old Noah? What they said to Noah? Don't you understand that Noah didn't live by in a seaside town while building his boat? Noah was building his boat in the middle of the desert on weekends, on holidays. But the Bible said that Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. You see, it took faith to press on and keep building through droughts. It took faith in God to keep building when his friends talked about him behind his back. It took faith and trust in God to keep building as the years and the decades passed by. It took faith for Noah to keep building. Uh, and I don't want to move too hastily because the evidence of things not seen raises the ante a bit for me. You see, I'm good with the substance of things hoped for, a litmus test. I can get with that. I can get down with him. But now we're talking about the evidence of things not seen. If I can't point to it, how can I show somebody else? If I can't draw you a picture of it, if I can't take you where it is, I've got no evidence. And can I jump to the end of today's text real quick? We'll come back. But most important, I need you to know this story. I've got a problem with the end of the story. And my problem actually helps me see the overall faith meaning in the story. You see, we feel all warm and fuzzy when Jesus and Peter get into the boat. The wind ceases and the text tells us, that all the brothers on the boat came and worshipped him and listened to what they said. Truly, you are the
the Son of God. My problem, my brothers and sisters, with this text is that their faith statement is based on what they have seen. Oh, I know that's a sacrilege in the house of the Lord. Now, I know some folk might be mad at me now, but their faith statement acknowledging Jesus is problematic for me because it's not based on the substance of things hoped for. It's based on evidence they've seen. They saw Jesus walk on the water. They saw Peter walk on the water under Jesus' power. They saw Peter sing. And then they saw Jesus stretch out his hand to save people. They saw the ways laid down. If faith is the evidence of things not seen, how do we call that faith? That's a rocky start to the text. But let's go back to the beginning. Uh, uh, the text opens up with Jesus shooing the disciples away. In fact, the Greek tells us that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. He compelled them. He forced them to get into the boat and go before him to the other side and the bible says that he meaning jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray ah y'all i thought i i thought today when i was writing that i thought they they don't love that part about jesus going to pray watch this watch this he the bible says jesus went up on the mountain to pray by himself. Hmm. Let me help you. That's important because it provides the link to and a transition from the previous story where Jesus fed 5,000, multiplying what they had and dividing it amongst them all. Or better yet, dividing when he broke the bread and multiplying when he took two fish and five loaves and fed 5,000 men. And the Bible says that everybody at the rally that day ate their film that's your link to that story before but here's your transition the Bible says that there were 5,000 men besides women and children who and it tells us that the overflow of the blessing was enough to fill 12 baskets. The Bible doesn't tell us. Watch this. It never tells us that Jesus ate anything. How is it that the host doesn't get anything to eat? How is it that the one who's responsible for everybody else getting something to eat does not get anything to eat for himself? and I know there's some holy roller here tonight I know that you are here at Salem so that means you are biblically literate and you've jumped ahead of old blood some and saying he's the bread of life he doesn't need anything to eat but slow your roll big time because I know somebody here knows what it's like to invite folk over to your house and you're running around trying to make sure that the wine 
line doesn't run out because that's the kind of party that you throw. Your party's got to have wine, but it's not the kind of party Jesus would show up to. You see, but you're running around trying to make sure everybody has something to eat, and at the end of the day, you're plumb exhausting. You're worn slap out. You don't know anybody else who's in the same condition, so you lay down on the couch, and then in the back of your mind, you remember, hey, I haven't eaten anything. I'm hungry. Well, I stopped by 4700 Church Street Northwest to let somebody know that Jesus got all he needed, and the Bible tells us so. You see, the Bible says that after he sent the multitudes away, after he sent the disciples away, Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, unlike a lot of church folk, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. Most church folk don't. I just wanted to drop that in your knapsack right there. But Jesus watched him. Jesus had a habit of praying. He had a habit of praying just for what he wanted, just when he needed him. When he needed bread for his stomach, he prayed, give us this day our daily bread. When his friend Lazarus died, he prayed, Father, I thank him that you have heard me, and I know you always hear me, but because of these people standing by, I said them that they might believe that you sent me. When he was in trouble, he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. But after healing the sick and giving sight to the blind all day long, after picking up the downtrodden and giving hope to the hopeless all day long, he needed some daily bread. Jesus needed some spiritual bread. Somebody here tonight needs to know that your refrigerator can be full and your cupboards overflowing, but you can still be spiritually malnourished. You need to know that talking to God on a regular basis, going up on the mountain all by yourself every now and again, separating yourself from your friends, from your job, from your text, your email, and even your Facebook ought to be a regular occurrence in your life. You need to have a habit of breaking away to break bread by having a little talk with Jesus. Oh, but watch them. Stepping away takes faith. Some of us are too caught up and don't want to miss out on anything this world might have for us. We think that if we step away, if we don't respond to that text right now, if we don't post something right now, return that call right now, the earth will stop spinning. You've got to be like Jesus and every once in a while you got to step back off of the merry-go-round of life, go up on the mountain and talk to your father. And that's why, or when the story begins to ramp up, 
You see, the text tells us that the boat Jesus had forced his disciples to get on had run into some rough waters. A storm had swept up and they were consumed by fear. And that ought to be a note to somebody here that every now and again following God's direction will sometimes lead you into some troubled waters. See, I read once that, 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 that fear knocked at the door. Faith answered and nobody was there. You'll catch that later. Your faith will handle your fears. If you're walking around afraid of your own shadow, you have no fame. If you're always walking around worried about something, you have no fame. The text doesn't tell us how long they had already been in the storm but it does tell us that by the time Jesus shows them it's nearly the whole night through it had almost passed by it was in the fourth watch of the night which means it was somewhere around three o'clock in the morning and they were scared for their lives whatever faith they had was used up by 259 because it was on and popping right here now the text says that when Jesus shows them walking on water you gotta see this the bible says that they were in the middle of the sea so there was no land in sight and even if there was land in sight it was three o'clock in the morning they wouldn't be able to see it anyway but they do see something they see something in the night they see something that shakes them to the depths of their fears they see something on the horizon that just like a whole lot of down in the mouth church folk if something is coming it must be bad if something is changing it must be bad if something is coming it must be a disaster now you've got to be careful my brothers and sisters who you hang out with you be careful of who you get in the boat with folk who talk out of both sides of their mouth you better remember those who gossip to you will gossip about you crabs in the barrel will try to bring the whole boat down because of their little fame how do we know because the text says they were troubled they were hoping for they were not hoping for the best they weren't expecting to get blessed in the middle of their storm can I step out for one second and tell you when it gets worse that's when you ought to be calling his name when the wind begins to blow that's when you ought to call his name when you don't think that you gonna make it you ought to be calling his name they were troubled and because they were blinded by their fears because their faith was flat and weak they couldn't see that what they thought was trouble was Jesus the Bible says that in their troubled minds they shout it's a ghost and they cried out in fear isn't Satan amazing Satan will turn your eyes inside out and make you think 
think what's good for you is bad for you will make you think when you're going north that you're going south so when God tells you go right you go left when God says go up you go down when God says stay you get to stepping their storm blinded them to their greatest blessing somebody needs to know tonight that if you're going through a storm right now you don't have a thing to worry about because a storm is just a sign that God is somewhere in the midst when storms rain just know that God promised he would never leave you nor forsake you he'll get closer to you the closer the storm gets the closer God gets the stronger the storm gets the stronger God is somebody needs to hear this tonight your distress in the midst of the storm ought to remind you of one simple fact if the storm is here my God can't be that far away God is right there my brothers and sisters and you need to know that there ought to be some dancing in the aisles there ought to be some clapping of your hands because your big bad storm ain't as bad as you thought it was your storm is not as wide as you thought it was your storm doesn't have as much power as your God does somebody here tonight ought to stop shouting about a ghost on the water and remember that that ghost is your savior Uh, Jesus calms their fears in the midst of the storm telling them don't worry don't be afraid it's just me so Jesus that's what, that's what Jesus said watch this but watch this Jesus says don't be afraid it is I that's what the new King James version says it is I Sounds all poetic, right? But watch this. The Greek tells us that what Jesus truly says is, don't worry, I am. Yeah. 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 I know, that's, that doesn't sound like a whole lot. But when Jesus says, I am, what he truly means is I am that I am and that tells us that if Jesus is your fears aren't if Jesus is then your storm isn't if Jesus is then your enemies aren't if Jesus is your problems aren't Jesus says be of good cheer I am who I am don't be afraid is there anybody here tonight who's willing to testifying that in the midst of your midnight experience you can find solace in the fact that Jesus is in the midst of your storm of your life you can tell somebody Jesus is speaking to me in my blessed quietness holy quietness blessed assurance in my soul on the stormy sea Jesus speaks to me and the Billow cease to roll. Yeah. 
to me. That's when our friend Peter steps to the fore. Peter's good about stepping up. Has a habit of speaking up at the most opportune time. And here's a case, though, where Peter shows us evidence that his faith is based upon what he can see. Even after hearing Jesus' voice, Peter still needs evidence. Listen, though, Peter. Listen, though, Peter. It's in your Bible, too. Watch this. Lord, if it is you, Lord, I don't trust my faith. I don't trust the wind. If it is you, command me, call me, compel, make me come to you on the water. And that's a whole lot for us in the church right there. You see, Jesus, I know what I've been taught. I hear you. I hear you. Jesus, I know what my faith should be telling me in the midst of the storm. But if you are real, I need you to do something, to show me something. If you are who you say you are, Jesus, I need evidence to prove that you are who you say you are. Lord, I know that you moved mountains before me. Lord, you brought me from a mighty long way. Lord, you hear my mama you kept my family but Lord if you are who you say you are show me some evidence just like Jesus says or like Jesus always does he's right there saying the right thing at the right time and Peter got out of the boat. Peter got out of his bad situation. And for a hot moment, he believed. He leaned on his faith. For a hot moment, his bad situation that was only getting worse forced him to believe just a little more until, yeah, a lot of until Christians in the house. Until, I believe until, got faith until, getting out of the boat proved a little bit harder than it looked. See, it's one thing to make up your mind to get out of the boat, but when the winds don't cease, when the robocalls from the IRS don't stop, when bill collectors keep sending letters, when the pain that was supposed to go away keeps hanging around, getting out of the boat, holding on to your faith that God will provide and protect you gets a little bit harder. 
But then we get what the seminary would call the Petrine Paradox. Yeah, yeah, put that in your theological knapsack. Watch this. The Petrine Paradox, just a fancy way of saying that just like Christians, Peter finds himself in a predicament when he should have known what to do, but he didn't have enough faith to do it. Yeah, I know that's real strange for y'all. Y'all church folk, y'all don't know nothing about that. So I'm going to say what the, the, the Petrine paradox is that Peter finds himself in a situation, circumstance, when he should have, based on all he had seen, heard, and been taught, he should have known what to do, but his faith was lacking. And he couldn't do it. And that's not new. Because there's also a Pauline paradox that tells us that which I ought to do, I don't, and that which I should not, I always do. And if the truth be told, there's also a blood saw paradox. A Haynes paradox. A Salem paradox. But this Petrine paradox is contagious. It runs rampant through the church from, from pew to pew, from household to household. It, it goes viral, if you will. And it's almost unrecognizable until your lack of faith is exposed. You see, the Petrine paradox is on full display when Peter shows faith by getting out of the boat. And then he shows a lack of faith by taking his eyes off of Jesus. Is there anybody in the house tonight who knows that the last place you ought to take your eyes off of Jesus is when you're going through a storm you see Peter asked Jesus for permission to walk on the water because he trusted Jesus he recognized that Jesus had authority over water after all Jesus is the one who made the water but watch this he he, he had authority over the wind and over the waves but watch his faith was weak in the face of the very enemies he should have trusted Jesus to defeat him. Peter recognized and trusted Jesus' authority over the sea while he was in the boat. But when he got out of the boat, he realized his faith was weak because the storm just raged on. His enemies started to fight back. His faith faded when his cancer came back, when his past caught up to his present and threatened all of his tomorrows is there a witness tonight that Jesus does not have to get you out of your situation Jesus will get in it with him Jesus doesn't have to get you out of the fire you're in Jesus will get in the fire with him is there a witness here tonight who knows that he doesn't have to do a thing all you gotta do is look up to from whence cometh all your help for your help comes from the Lord I'm headed home now but Peter got out of the boat 
and began to walk on water just like Jesus. And I lied, that's a hallelujah right there because guess what? The exciting part right there for me is that if Peter with his raggedy self can walk on water, that means old Bloodsaw might be able to walk on water. But, but watch this, when he lost, he, he walked on water. Because Jesus told him, come. He walked on water. But when he lost his job, he began to sink. He walked on water. But when his children walked away, he began to sink. He walked on water. But when his wife asked for a divorce, he began to sink. When, when life took a turn for the worse, he began to sink. Oh, somebody has missed the fact that it wasn't the waves of the wind that made Peter sink. It wasn't the wind at all. It was Peter began to sink when his faith was challenged. He began to sink when his faith was weak. Peter needed evidence. He could see, but he forgot that Jesus was all the evidence he needed. Peter began began to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus and put his eyes on his problems. Somebody here tonight needs to know that the storm in your life didn't come to stay. It didn't come to sift you like wheat. It didn't come to destroy you. That storm came to make you stronger. That storm came to make your faith stronger. But whenever you find yourself in a storm keep your eyes on Jesus he's all the evidence you need when life becomes one mountain after another keep your eyes on Jesus he's all you need when your theme song of your life becomes one thing or another Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's all you need. And if you haven't talked to Jesus in a long time, if you haven't been up on the mountain in a long time, if your prayer life isn't what it used to be, isn't what it ought to be, I tell you, keep your eyes on Jesus. You can walk walk on water but you gotta have your eyes on Jesus you can't fight the waves and the wind all by yourself keep your eyes on Jesus and if you can just keep your eyes on him you'll learn that there's power in his name there's power in calling him there's that you need to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. Call him. He'll be right there. So on this third night of revival, 
Salem at the Salem Missionary Baptist Church I need you to know it's been good to be here I thank you Pastor Hang for trusting me with your sacred desk I need you to know tonight that you said amen in all the right places you waved your hands in all the right places but as I get ready to go back home I need you to know that whenever and wherever however why ever a storm shows up you gotta have faith you need to call him in your helplessness call him in your hopelessness call him in times of trouble Jesus will stretch out his hand and catch him if you walk him down the streets of fame and you get up on the cliff don't be afraid step out in faith because when you fall Jesus will do one of two things either he'll swoop in and catch you or he'll give you wings so you can fly is there a witness in the house keep your eyes on Jesus he will stretch out his hand and pull you through he will stretch out his hand and pull you up he will stretch out his hand and bless you keep your eyes on Jesus he's all the evidence you need the defense rest he's all I need is there a witness who knows he's all I need Johnny Cochran is not my lawyer I got a lawyer named Jesus he fights for me he defends me he hugs me he loves me he walks with me he talks with me he tells me I'm his own shout yeah shout yeah shout yeah yeah never done nothing for you you're acting like you too cute in this house but I know there's somebody since you got in the house tonight the winds have been blowing and the waves have been crashing I want you to know tonight that all you gotta do is call that name Jesus 
that name Jesus there's power in the name Jesus there's joy in the name Jesus there's strength in the name Jesus do I have a witness who's not afraid to testify that he will open doors he will give you a way of escape he will give you just what you need just when you need it shout yeah shout yeah shout yeah yeah
in here. Anybody ever been in a mess? Anybody ever been in a mess? Didn't know how you were going to get out? But tonight, you can say, he brought me out. Uh, brought me out. Oh, he brought me out. <laughs> brought me out. Roll me out. Yeah. He broke me out. <sighs> if this, if this was, this was sixty years ago. About. 60 miles up the road in the mountains, somebody would say, I'm so glad I got my religion in time. Oh, I'm, come on, y'all, so glad, yeah, I got my religion in time. Oh, I'm. I'm so glad I got my religion in time. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. What shall I do? I'm so glad my soul's got a hiding.
give God praise in this house. Let's give God praise in this house. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for this man of God. This blessed. Somebody ought to be moving. Oh 
why don't we give God praise? Why don't we give God praise in this house? I thank God. I thank him for his leadership. I thank him for his guidance. And how he has guided us to this man for this week. Don't you thank God for what he has done for us? Hasn't, have, have not we been blessed? We have been blessed this week by Dr. Bloodsaw. He has preached. I, I, I'm just amazed. I, I, I watch his energy, and I've been with him all of the evening. And I, I, I actually apologize on the way in here. I say, you know, I know you've got to preach tonight, and I didn't mean to keep you out here this long. Uh, now, that had been me. <laughs> Y'all would be calling 911 about now. But the energy that God has placed on him and the anointing that God has placed in him, we just thank him for coming and sharing that with us this week. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. We have been revived. And now... As we've been singing every night, it's time now for us to go tell it, sing it, shout it everywhere. It doesn't end here. This is the beginning of revival. This is where it begins. So we thank you, Dr. Bloodsaw. Thank you so much. A blessing to us. Let me thank our musicians who've been in place each night. Thank y'all so much. For being in place. Amen. Amen. Brother Freddie, I, I don't know what's going on, but he's in church. And that's what I love, musicians who like church. Amen. We just thank God. We thank God for this night. Thank you for your service. Ushers, thank you so much for being in place every night. Deacons, thank you so much for your leadership. Praise team, everybody. Choir, thank you so much. It takes us all to make this thing work. God bless you. God keep you is our every prayer. When we do have the benediction, uh, let's, let me remind you that we will uh, have all the exits open so that we, can, we don't have to crowd trying to get out. We can get out and get out safely. Let me thank all of the preachers, the pastors that are in the house. Let me ask that all of the sons and daughters of Salem, if you would, please stand wherever you are. Amen, amen. Amen, 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 amen. We just bless God for all of you now. I, I, I want those who are pastoring, those pastors. We see Bishop Hutchins, see Pastor Saturday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Reverend Everson, always good to have you at home. Amen, amen. Thank you all so much for, for being here. Am I over, overlooking any? any a, a, amen, amen, amen. Pastor Hutchins and Bishop Hutchins were here with us on Sunday morning. I, I called him an arsonist. <laughs> Amen. Came up in here Sunday morning and set everything on fire and ran. <laughs> and we just thank God for the blessing of his, his just coming through. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. So happy that Bev is able to be out here with us tonight.
just want to make sure that uh, thank God for our virtual audience. Uh, uh, many have come, and every night the numbers have gone up uh, with Dr. Bloodsaw's preaching. Amen. I also want to thank God for all of you and for your gifts you have brought. Uh, if you are not bringing your gifts, you do have another way to give uh, through Givelify and through Cash App online. Amen. Just wanted to mention that for those who are cheerful givers. Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen, amen again. Amen. One more time. Amen. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together, my brothers and sisters. It is a highlight for me to have been able to come here and spend these three days with the Salem Church. After all that we collectively, the church, have been through with COVID and the different strands and monkeypox and all of that, here we stand. As raggedy as we can be, as unfaithful as we oftentimes are, God still blesses us. I'm eternally grateful for this opportunity. As I said last night, I understand being a pastor that you can't just let anybody come in there in your kitchen and cook. Because some folk got cookbooks, but they don't know how. <laughs> Heard an old preacher say one time that you gotta be careful. Because people bring spirits with them. And it takes a whole season of preaching to fix what one 30 minutes can tear down. So I count this as a high blessing, opportunity, and privilege. And I thank you for being faithful and being here uh, each night to those in the, in the virtual audience. God bless you. God keep you as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that a, whole, a lot of Ebenezer folk are tuning in as well. God bless you. God keep you. Bishop Hutchins, you'll always be one that I look up to, Doc. God bless you, man. You are a powerful, powerful man of God. Always have been. Uh, and do you want me to benediction? All right, all right, all right. If you'll stand to your feet. And once again, Dr. Dr. Haynes, God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again and breaking bread. Breaking bread. I mean... Uh, this brother, it was just flowing across the table. I was trying to catch everything today as we were having lunch. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we thank you. Thank you, O oh God, for this time. You told us that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be there also. And we thank you for keeping your word. We thank you, O oh God, for all that our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, but most of all, all that our hearts have felt. Now help us, O oh God, where we were looking for something, O oh God, help us to see it. For oftentimes, O oh God, you bless us before we ask. And sometimes 
before we know we need. So we thank you for these three nights. We thank you, O oh God, for the gospel of John, the gospel of Matthew, and their contribution, O oh God, to establishing your son, Jesus, as both fully human, fully divine. He's our savior, O oh God. Now watch over us as we leave from this place and never ever from your presence. Watch over us, lead us and guide us, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all of the glory. And all of God's children said amen, 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 and amen. Go in peace. to submit your tithe and offering online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on cash app at dollar sign the church with zeal via the givelify app by mail to salem missionary baptist church p.o box 817 lilburn georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, GiveLify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.